It's not just a hobby. It's even more than a passion. It's looking around and realizing you are a Miss God's creation. It's answering the call to pursue in your soul. It's hunting, fishing, and the outdoors. This is the place where we converse about it and hope to inspire, educate, and ignite. This is Chase Outdoors, the podcast. Hey guys, Justin Geike with Chase Outdoors, the podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining me on yet another episode as we talk about all things related to hunting, fishing, shooting, camping, the outdoors, anything. Yeah, I don't like being somebody who just focuses on a single topic. I love the buffet of life of everything is the outdoors, and my whole premise in having this podcast is trying to uplift you or encourage you or equip you to make sure that your time out in the woods, on the water, out shooting, out camping are, are better. And ultimately, the reason that I want you to have more success is because the more participation from a positive standpoint that we have, the better off our industry is, the better off our conservation is, the better off our country is. So I'm passionate about it. I love talking about these things. And I don't know if it works. I don't know if it works better, but we're doing it through a new microphone. Look at that sucker. Looks professional. And if we keep this up, here we are outfitting the new Chase Outdoors uh, Man Cave Studio, if you would. Another year or so, we might we, we might be taken seriously. This, this, this might be the real deal right here, huh? But I'm just, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying doing this. The feedback that you guys have been giving me is awesome. And always remember, if there's a topic that you want me to discuss, if there's product you want me to discuss, drop something in the comments. Go ahead and email us. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't use the Twitter too much. Um, not for me. Don't like it. But uh, I don't do the chat snap either. I'm too old for that. See? But uh, the topic that I'm talking about here, we're moving into the end of July. I'm excited. We're sending July off and we're heading into August, which is exciting for me, you know, because that means what comes after August is September. And August is great. Don't get me wrong. It's the last part of summer. We're packing in the last of the barbecues, the cookouts, the tubing, the swimming, the fishing, the camping. My son and I are heading up to Rhinelander, Wisconsin this weekend for Cub Scout camp at Akela's World. I've done that for the last couple of years. It's a really awesome deal. We're going to shoot bows and BB guns. We're going to throw rocks and slingshots. We're going to swim. We're going to hike. It's, it's always a really great time. I was never in Scouts, and to watch the joy that my son has had participating in that and all of his little buddies as I participate as a den leader is super cool. I really like it. It's pretty neat. So you, if you've got kids, it's might be something you want to consider getting them into. Uh, my, my son does not particularly love sports like baseball and things like that, like I did. Um, but man, he loves Cub Scouts, loves it. So that's an exciting thing. I'm looking forward to that. Obviously move into August. After August is September, and I'm pumped about that. I've got a bear tag for the Wisconsin season this year. Obviously, Wisconsin's archery season, like so many others, starts in September. I've been cultivating food plots, like I talked about last week, and getting trail cam pictures all the time. Um, that new Cuddy Link cellular system that I've got is, is really neat. Every four hours, I'm getting an email with, with pictures of what's happening. And um, so far, it looks like uh, does. Lots of does on the menu, um, but uh, it's a good thing. I'm excited, and uh, also too, once we hit the end of September, my best friend Brian, I, all the way out to the west, heading out to Wyoming. We're doing a DIY public land mule deer hunt, and I'm thrilled about that. And that's what our topic is today. It, it's it's related to that. It's so important to that hunt, 
uh, because it is the single largest key in what's contributing to me making a change starting now, and that's hunter and fisherman health. And what I want to talk to you about today is what I've been doing and what I'm going to be doing in relation to my health and why. And please don't shut me off. Don't shut me off. Anybody who knows me knows that I am I'm not Cameron Haynes. I don't run a marathon every day before I go to work. I'm not that super annoying guy that's on the sponsored Instagram ads with the 19, 19 abs. And if you just eat this food, this watermelon with this egg and stuff like that, you can be skinny and chicks will love you. No. Mm-mm. Average guy. Love second helpings of lasagna. I love deep fried cheese curds. Got an Italian heritage. I live in Wisconsin. Cheese, beer, sausage, lasagna, pasta, you name it. I love it. And uh, because of that, I ain't no skinny mini. All right? No skinny mini. I'm not going to pretend like I am. I'm, I'm not anybody's uh, position of perfect health. I'm not an expert on health. Although I've got a lot of experience of doing things really wrong. And I've got a lot of experience in doing things really right. What I mean by that is because I like to... We'll just say sample the buffet of life. I love to do all things hunting, fishing, shooting, and camping. So I can't focus on just bass fishing all year long or just being an elk hunter or things like that. I, whatever the season is in front of me, that's what I'm participating in. And, and for me, the upcoming season that I know I've got to start preparing for is the Western hunt. And a huge, huge part of the Western hunt is health. Now, and it does apply to all things. I think that's why it's important to have a conversation about it is because I have degenerative disc disease. I've mentioned that a million times on the podcast. And, and I used to be really, really, really hardcore on musky fishing. My tournaments, my guiding, my articles, every TV, everything that I did was revolved around musky fishing. I sacrificed my entire fall of bow hunting for, for being on the water chasing muskies. And when my back blew and I didn't have anything left in me spinal, spinal column wise to keep doing that and pounding at it, I had to go through a long road of, of physical therapy and I had surgery and I did all these different things just to get me to a point where I am now. Where I can go and cast three, four hours for them and be okay. Maybe take a couple ibuprofen and I'm back at it. But I can't physically pound like I did because of my because of my back. Now, I can use that as a crutch or I can use it as an excuse as to why I don't do things. Or I can put the work into making sure that I can do those things. And that's where I'm at. I love hunting and fishing so much that I don't want to not be able to participate in those things. And I know... That with my body style, with my history of my joints and stuff, if I don't take care of myself, then I'm just not going to be able to do it anymore. So it's not me standing on a big stump saying I'm an expert on anything and you should do what I do. Because quite honestly, you shouldn't do what I do. Because what I do is eat a lot and put on weight in the winter and forget about my health and fitness. And then I go and I do what I'm doing right now. And that's going like a rape date, trying to get myself ready for the fall. So what the things that I'm talking about today have worked for me and there's a good reason to get encouraged and do that so we can increase participation. So let's dig in and let's start talking about some of the things that I do. All right, so there's there's really only a couple of categories when we're talking about hunting fitness that are really, really important. Diet, exercise. Crazy, right? Like there's no, there's no magical you know, evaluation or magical book that you've got to read or, or do any of those things. And I'm not just going to stop and hang, you know, end the podcast and say that's all there is to it. But when it comes down to it, 
Diet and exercise are the two categories that I need to focus on. I'm not that smart. I got a lot of stuff going on. I can't focus on crazy things like weighing my food or anything like that or specific. I'm going to do this weightlifting regimen. I just want my lungs to be healthy and I want to carry the gear that I need to carry back to the place where I think the deer are. And with us doing a DIY hunt in the mountains, I know that we've got to get more than a half a mile off the road to get to where the big deer are. There ain't a big mule deer on earth that's going to go and stand next to the road on public land where all the road hunters and the people that are out of shape are going to be at. The key is, is we've got to do the right things to get us back to where we believe the animals are. And we're using our Onyx and we're, we're using our hunting fool uh, information to kind of get and narrow down to the places that we want to go. And on a five-day hunt, even though you've got a hundred years of land to go and, and, and chase around on, you kind of got to pick and choose your battles. And one of the battles that we chose was very difficult access with a very long trek to get up and around and get back to what we believed was some really good property. Now, the challenge with that is, is it's tough work. And there's a couple of different things that we can do. And one of that is your overall hunt weight, not just your physical body, but the gear that you're carrying. So right now, Brian and I are spending a lot of time finding ways of dealing with our pack that we're going to be carrying in doing bivy hunt, which is carry your camp with you set up wherever you are at the end of the night and continue to go. So we're, we're making a plan for how we're bivying and how long we are and our weight limitations based off of our physical capabilities determine how many days in a row we bivy, which allows us to get further back. I suspect that chances are we'll be setting up a base camp with my pop-up camper along the road on BLM public land, going back as far as we can until dark, camping overnight where we are, and then taking the next day and working ourselves back to our base camp, spend a night in the pop-up camper, refuel with food and water and things like that, and then go do that again. We might stay in the same place, or we might travel and try to find a new location that's got better hunting on it. But... To do this, the more weight that we can shave off of ourselves, the easier the weight we're carrying on our pack is going to be. The other thing is just simply getting our lungs into condition. Where a lot of my encouragement came from, because COVID, I did a pretty bad job. All right, we'll just face it. I spent a lot of time on the couch, and the worst thing for my health was right here. That thing right there. Because during this pandemic and through the riots, what was I doing? Same thing everybody else was doing. Just feeding Mark Zuckerberg's fat wallet, going across Facebook, wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, sit there and just get mad and angry about everything, and just getting wasting my life away. Waste. Absolute waste. It's trash. Garbage. So what my wife did was the opposite of what was stupid, and she went and pounded herself in to hiking and biking and running 5Ks and doing all the things that her whole life she'd never done. She wasn't a active sport athlete like I was, but she was always fit and healthy, but she's really starting to take that serious. And she's never felt better now that she's in her forties over the last 10 years because of what she's done. Great encouragement. So I decided coming up on the hunt, moving forward, I was just going to start getting my body moving. All right. So I ran home, um, from work, which was three miles, just took a nice, easy jog to get back. It was super difficult. And I posted on Facebook, not, Hey, look at me, just there's a huge benefit to encouragement. 
because encouragement helps create positive mental attitude, which I've said before and I'll say again, is the number one most important piece of equipment that you can have in your hunting and fishing outings. If you have a bad attitude, you're not making the next cast, you're not focusing on the cast you're making, you're not going over to the next ridge, you're not sitting the extra 50 minutes, a good attitude is worth its weight in gold. And I'm so grateful that you know, through being a Christian, spending time in church and stuff like that, I've been encouraged by so many people. It's hard not to have a positive attitude. Living here in northern Wisconsin, where we're safe, where we're not impacted as much by all the things that are going on. We've got such a beautiful, diverse ecosystem and some really, really nice people. Um, it's hard and I to not have a positive attitude here, so I'm very blessed to be part of that. But I got that encouragement by putting it on Facebook. Next thing you know, Nick Brantner, and for those of you who are local to our community, know Nick. Nick used to own a shop like I did um, back in the 90s, and now he's the sales rep for companies like Browning and Vortex and GSM, HME, ABC. Like, you know, the guy reps a lot of really great, powerful brands in the hunting industry, and it's so nice to have him as a friend and somebody local to bounce ideas off. But he's prepping for an elk hunt in Colorado, well, I'm hunt, prepping for a mule deer hunt in Wyoming. Shoots me a message and says, hey, I've been hiking the hill. I can't travel very much because of COVID. You want to start doing this with me? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So we're very lucky because we've got Rib Mountain you know, right outside our door, which to Wisconsin is a mountain, to the, everyone in the West is, is basically a hill. Um, but the nice thing about it is, is we've been hitting about 1300 feet of elevation climb, getting three to four miles in, and we're continually adding weight to our pack. If I got on a treadmill and put that thing at the incline to give me that elevation, I'd quit a halfway through. I'm not going to lie. Like to me, the being out in nature and in basically simulating the very thing that I am passionate about going and doing makes it so much easier. And then also partnering with somebody to do it by your side really helps from an accountability standpoint. So we're constantly pushing each other and challenging each other, you know, a little competitive as far as how much weight we're carrying or how far we go or, you know, it's just, you know, that fun camaraderie. But you know, in Nick's position, being in his 50s, he knows that if he wants to continue to do the OTC elk hunts into his 60s and, and beyond, that he has to take this seriously, not just a month before his hunt or two months before his hunt, but year-round. Because that's what it's going to take, you know, to keep your body in that condition to be able and take a 70-pound elk quarter out of the mountains. And so many of us just make excuses as to why not. Nick's making the excuse as to why so. And, and I'm encouraged by him. And now we're doing that together. The cool thing is, is by us doing it together, now it's encouraged other people. John that I work with is hiking with us. Obviously, Brian, uh, who I'm going on the hunt with, is doing the hill. We're pushing each other. We're communicating as a group, all going on. John's going on a different hunt. All these things about the equipment and what's the right, you know, trekking pole or what's the right sleeping bag or you know in, in what is this way well mine weighs this in, in constantly working out with each other to make ourselves more successful in, ahead and the cool thing about red mountain is 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 it's amazing how many guys that are out there and there's moose hunt guys going on moose hunts and sheep hunts and elk hunts and all these other hunts and in it's just awesome that through the months of you know august in july and june that, that we can be training or essentially hunting in amongst in a community 
and uh, getting up top to that hill and overlooking, you know, and just basically mentally like wiping the buildings away and wiping the highway away and just imagining that we are the place that we're working so hard to get to it is really an awesome energetic feeling and just taking the taking the beautiful scenery shots and it's just you're going from looking at facebook and riots and vandalism and division and and now taking those pictures of sunsets and sunrises and uh, I'll, I'll post up this video. I think, can I do it yet? I'm working on my editing and picture in picture stuff. We're trying to get better at it. But um, John had a video of a, of a huge buck when we were going up the, the mountain face the other day. And it's getting us excited about the whitetail hunt. So the big thing that you'll hear is that I and the rest of us are really enjoying our exercise. Whereas if I walked into Planet Fitness, put my mask on, which I have to right now, and decided to go sit down on a treadmill or an elliptical or a bench, I don't know that I would have the encouragement to go out and do an hour and a half or three or four miles a hike with the weight. Like, it's just not the same. So if you have the opportunity, you'll get on. Uh, and honestly, with, with uh, Facebook, there's a, uh, oh gosh, I'll, I'll edit it down here at the end or I'll pop it in when I go through the edit. But it's like, you know, Wisconsin, Explore Wisconsin Facebook group or stuff like that, where all these people are posting you know, just these hidden gems of beautiful places. Uh, my wife went down to Hike Devil's um, Lake, which was just absolutely stunning. Uh, Eau Claire Dells, um, some of these bike trails that we've nine mile. There's just so many different places. And at the same time of exercising, we're also discovering our home and our community and the awesome natural resource opportunities that we have. Uh, and, and that just, again, makes it better and better and better all the time so that we're not looking at the, I guess, the burden of having to exercise, but yet finding joy in going out and exploring and we're getting healthier then. Hey, I'm interrupting myself. One of the things I forgot to mention was one of the most important things that I've had as far as keeping myself encouraged and keeping track of my fitness. And that's been the Strava app. I'm not sponsored by these guys. Uh, if you'd like to give me money, you're welcome Strava if you're listening. But here's what Strava does. It's basically a social media platform where you can connect with your friends or other people in your community or abroad. And then what we're doing is you, when you start hiking or biking or running or swimming, you just simply record, hit the record button, you go do what you do. What's nice about it is like yesterday's hike, it goes ahead and pulls up, shows the topographical, I don't know if this is going to work or not. There, boom, right there. There's the ski hill titled, I Need a Donut. I walked, I hiked uh, 3.84 miles. I had uh, 1,033 feet of elevation shade. It took me an hour and a half. Not only is that going to help me keep track for myself, but I get kudos or encouragement or nice words from my friends. I get to see what they're doing. And also, too, one thing this is helping me is really conceptualize when I go out on my hunt, how far back can I get at what elevation and how much time based off. So if I'm looking at a map and saying, well, how much time is it going to take me to get back, say, five miles on this particular property, I can kind of look at what the elevation changes are going to be, understand because I'm hiking, doing this with my hunting pack on, understand the kind of distances, and I can plan my hunt better. But Strava, it's a really awesome app. Go ahead and plug this in. Now we can go back to listening to me ramble, but I forgot to do it, and I was like, holy smokes, guys, awesome thing. Now, as far as diet goes, my diet change, I've done this several different times. I've worked with like wilderness athlete in the past and done 28 day challenges through the store and used a lot of their products, which are awesome, by the way, you know, mountain ops and wilderness athlete build really great products 
that work, whether it's a protein uh, shake for meal replacement, um, water additives, pre-workout, all those things, definitely make sure you look into those because they're the real deal and they work. And one of the products that I really like from Wilderness Athlete is Green Infusion. It's a really great way as a water additive. It kind of tastes like drinking alfalfa, but it's a really great way of adding greens to your diet and adding fiber to your diet. And these are the things that I'm doing diet-wise that are making a huge difference. My regimen's really simple, okay? I've, I've cut out soda, you know, I've, I've changed, uh, cut back on the amount of alcohol that I drink dramatically. I've tried to really limit myself in that category because all I find that it does is it has just a negative setback on how my body feels and how my body heals and what it, it's just, I get it. Everyone said we're in Wisconsin, but it doesn't really benefit you and it's not benefiting me. So I'm trying to cut that out and, and I'm predominantly just sticking with water and drinking water all the time kind of sucks especially as much as we're supposed to drink, say take your body weight, divide by two, that's how many ounces you're supposed to drink a day. And it's a lot. Like it's, it's actually at work to consume that much water. So I've been using products and additives from uh, Wilderness Athlete and Mountain Ops just to give my water some flavor so that it makes it easier for me to consume more. But that's super important. There's also some, uh, you know, that, that have a big benefit. But my breakfast is really simple. It's really good, it's really filling, and it's saving me a lot of money. And it's just simply traditional oats. If I do my oats in the morning and I add some, some coconut, some, some craisins, um, you know, maybe a little bit of fruit, uh, raspberries I pick out of the backyard or something like that, that simple oatmeal and fruit combination product does a great job, costs virtually nothing. It's like a quarter. <laughs> you know, everybody can do this. It's not an expensive meal replacement. It's actually probably saving you money. It cuts a tremendous amount of the sugar out of it, and it keeps me full throughout the course of the day. And obviously the big thing is, is the sugars, the sugars, the sugars, the sugars, cutting as much of that out as you, as you can. Um, but my lunches are really simple too. If depending on how I feel, I might do something like a protein shake and then supplement that with maybe a snack of peanuts throughout the course of the day. And then I'm eating whatever I want for dinner. I'm, I'm not changing that. I'm not going to stop enjoying eating food. But you find when you start to feel better and you start to do those things where maybe your stomach starts to shrink, you're not as hungry all the time, but you start to feel better from the exercise. You start to feel better from the good food choices that you're making. And all of a sudden you don't want to eat that other stuff. You know, simple thing like we love Texas Roadhouse. That place, open up, shovel it in. It's awesome. But all of a sudden we find ourselves, if we're doing the 8-ounce sirloin and the steamed vegetables and we're, and we're not adding all the stuff to it, light going light on the seasoning, we're just as full. We're perfectly satisfied, and a lot of times we're spending less money. And so you can still eat good, and you can still even eat a little bit of trash, obviously not as much. But if you could just get those two meals right and change your liquid intake, it does a huge, huge thing. Now, as important as the exercise and as important as the diet is, the, the, the before and the after and the in-between is every bit as important too. And that's the one thing that when I first started going, where I was running and when I was hiking, that really sucked was I get shin splints really bad. And it felt, and in, in it was pretty accurate, like I had busted the rust loose on a body that hadn't been moving like it used to and it took me a full week to fight through that pain and those shin splints and that struggle but rather than just saying oh i'm gonna rest i kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing 
and that ended up kind of breaking that rust free. It was like I was doing a detox, cleaning the system out, and I felt amazing ever since, and I've virtually doubled any of the activities that I do. But obviously water intake is huge for the recovery, but also icing a lot has been playing a big role. Uh, and then I have been using some ibuprofen, but that ice in that stretch, ice in that stretch, you can't do enough of it. And I can even do that uh, within the, in the day, you know, because I'll just take like, um, oh, well, I'm actually using like a, a waistband elastic holster for concealed carry, and I can just slide my ice pack on my lower back to do that too. But uh, the last thing that I'll say as far as just taking some of these, because if you do any of these, it's going to help. But one of the big things too is fiber. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but if, if, you're, if you're, no matter what age you are, if you start adding fiber to your morning regimen, and that helps keep your, your GI tract and your, your stomach and your digestive system working and functioning better, that plays a huge, huge role in your overall health too. And I'm starting to watch a lot of podcasts. Brian Call through Gritty's got a really good one where he's got this um, female doctor. I can't remember what his name is. But they talk about your stomach being basically your second brain and how it functions and taking those nutrients, what you're putting in your body and distributing them back to the rest of your body, which plays a huge, huge role in how long we're holding that food into our system and what it's doing to expel that throughout our entire system. So fiber has been also a huge spot. I always used to laugh about when we first started talking about it because it seems like such a old man thing, you know, but no matter what age we're at, having increasing that fiber content is a huge part. And as I've moved away from tobacco use, which was kind of my alternate fiber, if you will, my body didn't have that chewing tobacco in my system. So using that fiber helped replace the function that my body was not doing by not having that in there. And that's been really, really huge for how my joints feel for how I recover in the morning, and for how my back feels. There's just so many different things. So add that fiber to your diet. So, like I said, I'm not an expert on any of this, but it's pretty simple to say if you want to hunt at your best or for your longest, fish at your best or at your longest, taking care of the one piece of equipment that you have the most control over, and that being your body is the fastest one. I hope some of these tips and tricks in, in expressing what some of the things that I've been doing here in recent times and how they've benefited me either encourages you or benefits you to do the same so that you can have the best fall fishing or hunting of your life. Hey, I appreciate the time. As always, we're going to pick up on this next week. We're going to do something cool yet. Uh, maybe we'll take this in a continuum of it or start to talk about how I pack my pack for a bivy hunt or the equipment that we're taking. We'll get to all of those things. But as always, thank you so much for joining. I'm Justin Geike with Chase Outdoors, and God bless you.